and welcome in an always exciting Friday of Sports Daily coming up for you today right here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers, we are jam-packed today. We've got uh, a special guest, Ryan Hickey, coming on. He covers the Colts uh, for CBS Sports Radio and a variety of other things. He'll join us coming up in the next segment. We'll look ahead, get a take on the Colts as the Chiefs look ahead to a big opportunity this weekend. Uh, We've got Trey Wingo, former ESPN great, now doing a variety of things, coming on to talk a little football with us at the top of the hour. We're excited about that. We'll make our picks sure to fail coming up in the second hour and preview a little bit of high school football on a Friday as well here on Sports Daily. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in, Tommy. It's almost time for a football weekend. Here we go again. Yeah, I was a little bit worried when I got up this morning. I was thinking, man, I might have to do the show by myself. I didn't know if you would be okay coming in and doing the show. I, I think we got to dedicate some time so you can lick your wounds a little bit, you know, and we can we can at least have maybe a therapy session about what happened last night. So the scenario last night is why I both love and hate betting. More love it. Um, and it's a reminder to myself of why – it's always fun if I'm betting like five or ten dollars, right? Because that's what I do most of the time. And so last night, it these Thursday night games, you know, some people at work, whatever, we love to throw just like small amounts of money at just wacky parlays, right? Just just crazy, outrageous, like six, seven, whatever leg parlays. My coworker actually hit a ten leg parlay. So let me wow. let's first of all, first of all. That ending was so crazy, uh, just in general terms. For most people, that ending didn't mean anything. It was just a silly play at the end of the game. When I tell people, like, like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm like, it just, you know, it adds a little bit to every game. Steelers, Browns on a Thursday night, kind of like, kind of hard to get excited for that game, right? Like, nobody's, but you get, you have some fun with it, and there you go. So, Whatever. We've we've all just sort of thrown a variety of little, you know, little parlays at this thing. And it's playing itself out, and you don't pay a lot of attention to it. Well, I come in from I do I do our nine o'clock newscast on KWCH and then and then we go right into the ten o'clock and there's like a you know, usually about a I don't know, ten to twelve minute gap when I get off of set of the nine o'clock until I go out for the sports segment. At 10 o'clock. And so I come off the set at 9. I'm not really paying any attention to anything. I get in. I get ready. I'm ready for the 10. I've got, I don't know, 10 minutes or so before I go on the air. So I, I look back at those parlays. And I'm like, oh, well. And this is right before the Steelers' last real drive. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, I could hit all of these, right? But I am I need Pat, Pat Fryermuth to get 30 yards because he's in all of mine. And I need the Steelers to cover Six and a half. I had them at six and a half and, and 11 and a half on two. And I won't get too into the details because not everybody will have the appropriate amount of sympathy for me on this. So I'm like, oh, I need, you know, I need Frymer. So anyway, the Steelers go down and drive it down. Lo and behold, two big catches for Fryermuth. He gets over 30 yards. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm in play here <laughs> on all of these. What? And then, so then a coworker. He had a 10 leg, but he needed the Browns to cover four and a half. So I'm like, hang with me, buddy. Let's have him kick a field goal here. And then we're both inside our number. 
And lo and behold, they get stopped on fourth down. So it's fourth and five, and they kick a field goal. We're like, all right, we're good. Money. Flags thrown, right? Yep. Too many men on the field for the Browns. Five-yard penalty. And I'm like, oh, my God, they gave him a first down. I'm so sorry <laughs> to him. But then it's still fourth and one because they were behind, you know, behind the inches. And so Tomlin, who's a great coach and to the real NFL, by the way, and, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and others, young coaches, pay attention. Tomlin, down nine at that point, is like, well, let me just kick this field goal because I got to have two scores anyway. And even if even if it's fourth and inches, there's too much time when I need two scores that could come off the clock. I know I'm going to need the field goal. Let me take care of that now. So he rightfully kicks the field goal, and we're both inside the number. It's like, all right, all I got to do is cover an onside kick, and we're, we're good. Everybody's making money tonight, right? So onside kick goes. It's a beautiful onside kick. Stressful, goes out of bounds. We're clear. We need him to pick up one first down, maybe, even if they don't. The Steelers don't have any timeouts. They can punt it down there, do whatever, no big deal. We also don't need him to kick a field goal, though, because that ruins my bets. So they go, they get it. It looks like they pick up a first down by inches in which would have triggered kneeling on the ball and the game being over. So this is the point where I go out on set to do sports, right? When, when, they, when I assume that they picked up that first down and the game's going to be over. So I walk out on set. And about 15 seconds before I go on the air, I start to get all these text messages. You know, because you're texting your buddies and everything. Everyone's like, oh, my God, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what? What? What is going on? Lo and behold, I come to find out they review that first down call, pull it back a couple inches, Cleveland punts, and then the last play happens on laterals. Cleveland recovers the ball in the end zone. All of my bets are blown. All of them are blown. I, I lost three. And again, granted, now let me. I have like five, ten bucks on these. So we're not talking about like life-changing money. So I really, honestly, I don't care that much because it's a great story. And I had a coworker that hit a 10-leg parlay. So it's like, it's hard to be mad, but it is, man. You talk about bad beats to lose all three of those on a last play, stupid, like fumbled lateral touchdown recovery in the end zone type thing. I That's for sure, Tommy, the worst of my season. And it might be, like, technically, as, as far as bad beats go, it might be the worst of my life. It was a wild ending, but a great betting story. It's like in fishing, the one that got away. Sometimes the story is better than the result. So I'll take it because I, I, I'll i be able to talk about that one for a while. Yeah, isn't that just the microcosm of the NFL so far? Like, that oh play— God like encapsulates the way that the first couple of weeks of the NFL have gone. I mean, it's just been a bloodbath. It's been wild. Um, yeah. And, and so I get a text from you at like 10, 17 last night. It must've been right before you went out to do sports and you're like in this game and here's the parlays that I've got. And, you know, I actually, it was kind of nice. I decided that for, you know, cause I bet I betted pretty much every, not every game of the year, but I, every day that there had been like NFL games. Time, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, and I decided, you know what, I want to take a break. Like, I'm not interested really in the Browns and the Steelers, so I didn't place any bets on the game last night. And I just sat back on the couch and I watched it. And it was it was nice to not have to worry about that and actually just be able to, like, cheer it on. Now, I love. I mean, I'll be back on it on Sunday for sure, especially with the Chiefs game. But it was nice to take a little bit of a breather and then especially seeing the way that everything fell for you. I'm like, man, I'm kind of glad that I didn't do anything with that game. It, it was fun. I, I do... See, like for me, it's it's fun because I like just the sport 
of it inside the game. Sure. It was going to be hard to get hyped up for Steelers Browns and Trubisky and Brissett. And, you know, I hate that when you've got a game in primetime, because even though like on Thursday nights, really, unless it's the Chiefs, I can't really lock into watching the game. I'm too busy at work. But it's, it, you know, it gives you something to just sort of follow along with in, a, in an otherwise meaningless game. If that was, you know, Bill's Chiefs, I, I don't need any part of that. That game's going to be awesome, right? But it, so it adds that. It's fun. Uh, you know, again, I, I feel for anybody who had real money, like real significant money riding on any piece of that. Congratulations to everybody that that helped. I've talked to a few people. Uh, that it definitely put them where their number was, and they won because of it. And that makes it easier to swallow, too. It's it's so wild how it swings. And it, it really, the NFL does it, I think, more than anything. I mean, think about last Sunday when you, you had the over, and you're, like, what, seven points shy going into halftime, and they don't get it. And that happened three times in a row. It almost happened last night, Tommy. Like, outside yeah. of that... You know, they were at 27 points, and I think the over was at 38 and a half. And all of a sudden, until that last touchdown, right, You it like most of that half, you're like, they're going to do this again. They're going to get like 85% of the way there and then not close the deal in the second half. Now, they got there um, in the end, but it, it's just been a wild year. And for the real football, Tommy, is where, you know, everybody can make fun of me or do whatever you want to do. Uh, on Twitter, which people have done plenty of, and I, I fully appreciate that. In the real football world, I wonder about that game, because we thought, I asked you yesterday, like, what is the chance that either of these teams, when they ultimately make their switch at quarterback, become real contenders? And, you know, Pittsburgh's interesting to me. I thought they were an opportunity going into the year to overachieve a little bit. That was obviously before T.J. Watt went down, and that's been a massive difference, and, and I don't feel that way now if they don't have T.J. Watt. But, you know, Pittsburgh's an interesting team, at least, who I think is on the come. Cleveland, I don't, I don't know what to ever think about Cleveland because they might be the most confusing team in football, like, seriously every year. They're really good, basically everywhere except quarterback. And, of course, the Deshaun Watson situation looms there, and at some point he'll play. They blew a game to the Jets where they literally had, I think, a 100% chance of victory had they done the right thing, and they didn't, whatever. But the Browns looked pretty good last night. You know, Pittsburgh had a shot at the end, but Cleveland's offense is operating pretty efficiently. They didn't have Jadavian Clowney. I'm not so sure that the Browns can't be real contenders when the time comes and we get into cold weather football, the way that they're built with a good offensive line and two good running backs, one of which Nick Chubb is as good as any pure runner in football. They added Amari Cooper. They have arguably the best defensive player in football, or at least most disruptive in miles Garrett Clowney when he's healthy there. I, I kind of am thinking the Browns when the weather changes will be a legitimate threat in in the AFC. I'm not ready yet on that. I mean, the Steelers are are bad and you know, they were mediocre with TJ Watt or I guess average at best with TJ Watt. I mean, he elevates them significantly without him. 
they're bad. They their their offense is yep. awful. It's been awful through the first three weeks of the season. They're not a good football team, and I don't think the Browns are amazing. But they took advantage of a bad Pittsburgh team. I've not been on Pittsburgh at all this season. Um, I, I think that Cleveland has a has the potential to be a really good team. I'm just I'm I'm not sure yet what it's going to look like when Deshaun Watson comes back. Can Jacoby Brissett lead them? to a number of wins to where they can be in the playoff hunt when Watson joins the team. And then what can Watson do? Will he be rusty after coming off of basically close to two years of of not playing football? So, you know, that's my big question. But they do have a ton of talent in their skill players. I think Nick Chubb might be the most underrated back in the NFL. Everybody talks about Jonathan Taylor. They talk about Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. I didn't realize this until I was looking it up this morning that Nick Chubb has the second most touchdowns in the league in the last five years behind Derrick Henry. Um, he's been a workhorse. He's and he been split durable. carries. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. He he's got Kareem Hunt there. Kareem yeah. Hunt. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you he's, know, I think that it was, yeah, I think it was pretty solidified too last night that, you know, the Browns were able to get a, a surefire number one receiver from the Cowboys for a fifth round draft pick in Amari Cooper. Um, and a lot of people, I, I don't think they really thought that Cooper would be able to continue that success with the Browns and he's been able to do that. He's looked the part for sure uh, over the last couple of weeks. And and so they've got some talent. Of course, Miles Garrett is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So they've got the parts around the quarterback position. My question is how far can Jacoby Brissett take them until Deshaun Watson comes back? Well, they're interesting to me and, and I agree, but I'll tell you, you know, those 11 games, they should not have blown the game to the Jets. Granted, they haven't played anybody yet either. They beat Carolina and Pittsburgh, and then they could and be then, three and zero. I know, and and that's why they're confusing to me because they haven't played anybody. And they'll play Atlanta next week, right? So a really soft schedule to open the year. Then they get the Chargers, another one against New England, or another you know what we assume would be a not tough game against New England, at least not the toughest, but then it's Baltimore and Cincinnati. Then they get Miami, Buffalo, and Tampa. Those are the 11 games before Watson comes back. Um, the way the, in a, the the way the AFC North, though, is shaping out, I think they can hang in there because I do think that, you know, they're at least pretty good. Again, they haven't played anybody yet, so I, I'm I, that's why I'm having such a hard time with them. We'll see when they play. I want to see him play the Chargers, and I want to see him play the Ravens and the Bengals before the bye, and then we'll have a better feel. But I also think this team will get better, not not so much because of Deshaun Watson, which they probably will, but because the weather turns and they can run the ball and just play smash-mouth football, and I do think they're relatively equipped to do that, at least offensively. Um, and so they're an interesting team to me. Pittsburgh, they ultimately have to make a change at quarterback. I think they'll probably do that this coming week. I think they'll move on to Pickett now, um, now that they'll have you know the extra time to prepare. Teams do that a lot when they make their shifts to rookie quarterbacks. But I don't know if that's going to be enough. They're, I think they're great at the skill positions, but they're not good you know in the middle, right? They, their offensive and defensive line are really struggling. So that probably will hold them back. It'll be interesting. I, 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 I am curious to see if we have another sneaky maybe backdoor contender in the AFC with all the AFC teams we talk about I just I think there's a there's a world where Cleveland can become one of those teams um, but we'll see that's a you know a Thursday night game that got interesting at the end for a variety of different reasons uh, hope everybody made some money on it while I 
you know, just laugh at the absurdity. It was absurd, Tommy, that I even got into that situation based on the last <laughs> drive by Pittsburgh. And it was even more absurd that it was ripped away at the end. What a uh, yeah. what a fun what a fun experience that was. We're gonna come back. We're gonna bring in Ryan Hickey. You may have heard him here on CBS Sports Radio. He does a blog for the Colts, so he's locked in on the Indianapolis Colts. We want to get his take on Indy, who's out to a really slow start as it pertains to their game hosting the Chiefs this weekend. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Welcome back, everybody, here to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. The Chiefs have a big game coming up in Indianapolis this weekend. It's rare these days to see a noon kick for the Chiefs, who are uh, the darlings of NFL's national windows. But we need a little insight on the Colts. It's been a rough start. We bring in our buddy Ryan Hickey, our co-worker here at CBS Sports Radio. He's the executive producer. You hear him every day on the Zach Gelb Show right here on KFH. Uh, He has Saturdays here on KFH from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., so overnights here. Check out Ryan Hickey right here on KFH and the Blue Horseshoe host of a podcast. Ryan, uh, our Colts insider here. Welcome in for the first time. Fellas, thanks so much for having me on. Really do appreciate the time. Well, let's, you know, let's talk about it. First, you know, Colts insider, what, what, where are you and, and how does the, you know, the Colts connection work for you, Ryan? Well, I'm actually based in New York City. Um, my Colts fandom goes all the way back. My dad, growing up, was a huge Johnny United fan. Um, he grew up in a you know a Catholic uh, family, so Johnny U was kind of you know one of those good Catholic guys growing up. So they were always rooted for him. Um, so that was really kind of it. You know, they grew up watching the Baltimore Colts. That was his favorite player of all time. So even though you know the Jets and the Giants were local, they kept watching Johnny U. He was Colts fan from there, and kind of just kept on going even when he uh, you know moved on and. Thankfully, at least that was one of the few teams that I root for that's actually successful consistently. So he passed that Colts fan down to me. So even though we have no indie ties per se, we can thank Johnny U right now for my uh, one of the few teams I root for that's actually good right now. Although this year, notwithstanding. Yeah, so good good point on that. It's been kind of a rough start for Indianapolis starting the year 0-1-1. And, and so th- I think there's a lot of different ways that this game on Sunday against Kansas City can go. I mean, clearly the the uh, the thought process with Indianapolis is that, that the start to the year has not gone the way they've wanted it to go. So in your mind, what's the game plan for them to come out? I mean, they've got one of the top, if not the top back in the league with Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan, you know, has, has kind of struggled to, to start the season for the Colts. How do you see the game plan for Indianapolis playing out on Sunday? Well, you mentioned, I mean, it starts with Jonathan Taylor. It has to. Like, any time you play this Chiefs defense, one of the best ways to, to beat them is by keeping Patrick Holmes and co. on the sidelines. So it has to start with Jonathan Taylor, but even not with him. It has to start with this offensive line. And this Colts offensive line is the highest paid unit in the NFL, and they have been through two weeks a disaster. Even go back to last year as well, the, the last, you know, few games of the season, they have been subpar at best. So this has been a unit that's 
got dominated by the Jags last week, had trouble, you know, keeping the, the front four, the Texans, off Matt Ryan. So this has to start with this offensive line waking up. I don't know, you know, game plan-wise, there's not much outside. I'm just trying to block the man in front of you. But this is, you know, if it's more of a prizing for this offensive line, waking up and actually, you know, going to this game upset for the first time. But it's time to start this offensive line and getting Jonathan Taylor going. But also, too, defensively, on the other side, it's going to have to be being aggressive. You know, this Gus Bradley defense has not done a very good job of slowing Patrick Mahomes down, whether it was with the Chargers, whether it was with the Raiders. And he's kind of kept everything the same, and that has just been, you know, music to Patrick Mahomes' ears. You have to flip that on. You have to be aggressive. You have to be the ones to take it to Mahomes. Even if you get burned, so be it, but you have to change something. So the game plan for the Colts has to be, number one, get this offensive line playing to their standard, which like two years ago, which was the best offensive line in the NFL, they have not really been at the last year and a half. And defensively, they have to be aggressive. Blitz more, get in Patrick Mahomes' face, try to ruffle his feathers a little bit and get him to the ground. Otherwise, this is, you know, the, the Chiefs are going to be putting up a big number in Indy. So, Ryan Hickey joining us, uh, and he's, among other things, the Blue Horseshoe podcast host. Tell us about the injury report this week at Colts practice because, you know, last week, and it's been a struggle for Matt Ryan out of the gates, but no Pittman last week, no Alec Pierce. Like, they've been down some weapons for him, too. Will they be healthier coming into this game than we've seen? Still to be seen. Um, I expect at least, at least it seems Alec Pierce is back at practice on Wednesday full, so he missed last week with a concussion. It seems to be him progressing well, so I would expect him to play. Michael Pittman Jr., I would also expect him to play. This quad injury, I know the Colts were like going up to the last minute last week in Jacksonville, and they ruled him out on Saturday. He's been back at practice, um, so I would expect him to play this week. But also, with that said, I mean, he's not going to be anywhere near 100%, so he'll still be limited even though he's on the field. Trust me, the Colts need him so badly, so his presence just out there would be nice. And obviously, the big question mark is going to be Shaq Leonard. You know, arguably their best player um, on defense. He's not played yet so far this season. He's been on the pup list all of training camp. He's been practicing the last two weeks, but he's incrementally done a little bit more each week, but also at the same time, he's given no hints that he's really close, to be honest. So it's a coin flip. I would probably say right now, judging on Friday with what we've seen so far through Wednesday and Thursday practice, I would probably lean that he's not going to play. If he does play, I would expect some sort of pitch count considering that he really hasn't done much since week 18 in Jacksonville last year. That's all offseason rehabbing this all training camp as well. So even if he's cleared to play and makes his debut on Sunday, I mean, we're talking about maybe max 20, 25 plays on, on Sunday. So a little bit of an impact, but not too much. So, yeah, the Colts have had a rough start to the season, and injury-wise, they won't, you know, get much better coming into Sunday. Ryan, I'm curious to to get your take on Frank Reich and his job status. Uh, you know, there there were people after the the tie on week one that were talking about, oh, is 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 he on the hot seat? What's going to happen? And I was kind of like, nah, like I think he's pretty safe. And then you go on the road and have a clunker against Jacksonville and get shut out. Is that chatter real, and how hot is the seat right now for Frank Reich? That, within the fan base, that chatter is real. I mean, a lot of fans didn't want Frank Reich to be on the plane last week at that Jacksonville blowout. Yeah. I think Frank Reich's a good coach. I, I do. I know that this start has not gone you know, off to, uh, to a good start so far this year with 0-1-1. I know Jim Mercer, it's tough to read him because he is one of the few owners that's truly a fan. So he actually kind of thinks like a fan and is emotional and make kind of some snap decisions uh, in the moment. I still believe, at least right now, with the track record of Frank Reich's uh, history, where they've gotten up to slow starts, they're 1-5 in 2018, 
They're one and four last year and have dug themselves out to either make the playoffs or put themselves in the playoff picture. I think at least right now, even though the start has been anywhere near ideal, and we've talked about the importance, at least on the Blue Horseshoe Pod, of getting off to a hot start when you have five division games in the first seven games of the season, I still don't think the, the Frank Reich hot seat, for at least Jim Ursay, is right now scorching hot. There's pressure, don't get me wrong. And if this season goes to where you know, they're 7 and 10, 8 and 9, and really can't get out of their own way again and can't rebound after a slow start, then I think it's a different conversation. Then I think Frank Reich is really, really in jeopardy and probably would get fired. But right now, two games in the season, Jim Mercer, I'm sure, is upset. But also, too, the blame goes around, not just to Frank Reich. It's, I think it's on Chris Ballard as well. But the seat is, we'll say, 60% warm right now. He's doing some no favors, but I would still be surprised, at least right now, if he's fired anywhere near in season. Jim Mercer, 25 years as a Colts owner, never has fired a coach in season. So I would say that unless this is, you know, we're talking about a 1-10 a team, I think Frank Reich will at least make the end of the season. And I do think right now he's still a good enough coach to get this Colts out of right now this early deficit. I'll tell you, Ryan, Willie Gay Jr. is not playing. So if Frank Reich doesn't make sure that Jonathan Taylor carries the ball at least 20 times, maybe he should be fired midseason. I mean, it is so glaringly (laughs) obvious to us here, you know, covering the Chiefs, like, the danger for the Chiefs in this game, we can all see it a mile away. Arguably, your best run stopper just got suspended, and you're about to face arguably the best running back in football, and you talked about how good the line should be. If they get cute with this for in Indianapolis on Sunday, I mean, that's it's inexcusable. This has to be a Jonathan Taylor game for the Colts, and the Chiefs have to figure out a way to stop him without Gay, but the, that's the danger in this for Kansas City. It's a good point, and it's almost kind of funny where in a sense that everything right now the Colts have tried to do has not worked. Run the ball for the most part, at least last game against Jacksonville did not work. Passing the ball right now has not worked in either of the first two games or the outside of the fourth quarter against the Texans in week one. So it's almost like because everything has failed, because of the Michael Pittman Jr. injury, it's almost like Frank Reich really has no choice whether he wants to or not. Run the ball, four-speed John and Taylor. They've talked about the offseason of kind of trying to limit his carries a little bit after he was just an absolute workhorse last, uh, last year. I mean, you're sitting here 0-1-1. Like you mentioned, Willie Gay Jr., the best run stuffer uh, for the Chiefs not being on the field. You have no choice. Like, this is a, this is a game where you can't get cute. You can't try to manage Jonathan Taylor's workload. You've got to feed him, I mean, bare minimum 30 times. Uh, this has to be one of those things where he just keeps on getting the ball. The Colts have shown it at times last year an ability, even when teams know they're running the ball, to still establish a run and have success. This has to be one of those games where they have any chance of, forget it, winning, keeping it close. This has to be a Jonathan Taylor game where he's getting 30 carries, 120 yards, 130 yards to keep this Colts team in it. Ryan, what's your takeaway here after the first two weeks of the season? And what's the sense that you're getting from uh, the, the team and then also the fan base about Matt Ryan? We obviously know what he did in Atlanta. We know the, the kind of caliber of quarterback he's been throughout his career but it's not been a good start for him early on in the season and early on in his tenure in Indianapolis. He's got a 64 uh, a point nine, I'm sorry, 63.9 passer rating for the Colts right now. Four picks, only one touchdown thrown. I, I'd like to think that maybe you can lean a little bit on what he's done in the past and maybe think he can get through this. But what's your takeaway right now on Matt Ryan? It's been, I, I wanted to use the word disappointment, but I almost feel a little bit bad using the word just because everything around has been so bad. 
where I do want to give him a break where the offensive line has been just tr- just awful. Absolutely yeah. awful. And you look at the the weapons he has outside of Michael Pittman Jr. in terms of throwing the ball to receivers and tight ends, there's no one. It's a bunch of guys that are unproven, that are either young rookies or that have really never uh, been asked to do the role they're being asked to do this year. So part of it's on Chris Ballard for really giving them no weapons on the outside, outside of their number one receiver to throw the ball to. And you look at last week, you know, in Jacksonville, Michael Pittman Jr. is out. Matt Ryan at least gave everyone else, you know, opportunities. It wasn't like he was locking in on one guy. He spread the ball out throughout the entire, you know, uh, skill position group. The issue was literally no one stepped up and made a play. So in one sense, it's a little not on him because if no one else is stepping up, what else are you going to do? But my, the reason why I kind of teeter back and forth to disappointment is he's brought in to kind of be the adult in the room, right? There was a lot of frustration with Carson Wentz and his lack of leadership and his lack of ability to kind of carry a team towards the end of the season. Matt Ryan is brought in in part to kind of be that veteran, be that leader, be that coach on the field, kind of bring everyone else up. Like that's, that's part of the reason why the Colts weren't very active in the offseason in terms of beefing up their skill positions because they felt – Matt Ryan can elevate guys like Paris Campbell, really has not done much, or guys like Alex Pierce, you know, as a rookie second-round pick. They thought he can elevate their games to a level that a quarterback like Carson Wentz couldn't. And so far through two weeks, again, there's other areas to blame. The offensive line's been a sieve. They haven't been able to establish Jonathan Taylor, at least in the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Um, but it's part of it just like there's still miscommunications. There's still some areas where you see last year, it's like, oh, this team feels disjointed. There is some confusion. They're not lining up correctly. There's, there's, you know, they're not checking into the right plays. And that's what I feel like Matt Ryan was brought in to do. And, again, it's early. It's only two games. But I feel like he has not been able right now to get the most out of everyone else. So it's a little bit of, you know, back and forth between disappointment and also him not really having an opportunity to succeed. Um, but, obviously, with, this, with how bad this offense is, they're dead last in scoring, averaging 10 points per game. I mean, there's there's enough blame to go around for everyone, including Matt Ryan. All right, Ryan, uh, before we let you go, prediction time. What do you see in this game? How are you feeling on how it'll play out? You like the Colts? You like the Chiefs? What do you think? Do we like the Colts? Oh, I like the, I'll like. i tell you this. Do we like the Colts to, to maybe keep the Chiefs under 100? You know, that's really a Lucas Oil Stadium. We're going to get a workout this week, that's for sure. I said 31-17 on the, on the podcast this week. I'm just, you know, honestly, this is a game where I don't really see how the Colts have a chance in this game. The defense right now, they're, they're too lax at age school. They're, they're not really, you know, making anyone, making any quarterback uh, really fear them or, or, you know, make any mistakes. And they played Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence, and both of them are completing passes left and right like it was no big deal. Patrick Holmes had a field day. And offensively, I mean, this offensive line can't block anyone. So if you're struggling to block the Texans and the Jaguars, good luck trying to you know, slow down Chris Jones. So I don't really see that. The Chiefs defensive line got after Justin Herbert a lot last week. I see that happening again. This offense, I, I have no faith right now, can you know magically turn it around. Um, I, I, my only hope, to be honest, guys, uh, like if I had to point to one thing that maybe the Colts could you know go in their favor to maybe make this a competitive game, is that everyone's on the Chiefs. You know, it's one of those games where everyone's like, oh, no way they'll lose this game. And it's like classic NFL, like we get a closer game than expected. But I'm saying Chiefs 31-17. They, they, you know, they've been clicking right now. This has been an offense that, weird to say, feels almost even harder to defend without Tyree Kill because Patrick Mahomes is spreading the ball to everyone right now. Um, but this is a game where I think things are getting worse in Indy before they get better, and that starts week three at home, unfortunately, with, a, I think, a clunker. So, like I said, 31-17. Chiefs uh, continue to roll here. And Andy Reid gets extra time to prepare, which is always trouble. But the money's gone to the Colts. It's It's been a weird Vegas line. I don't know. 
Uh, Ryan, we really appreciate it. Again, you can catch Ryan every day. He's the executive producer of the Zach Gelb Show, which airs here on KFH. You can also catch him Saturdays, 1 to 5 a.m. here on KFH. Uh, we'll get the Chiefs Colts this weekend. Pre-game starts at 11 right here on KFH. Ryan, people check out the Blue Horseshoe for more Colts insight. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for making uh, give me a few minutes here. Really appreciate the time, guys. Yeah, anytime and uh, and vice versa. Anytime you need anything, let us know. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll catch you here later today. Perfect. Sean. All right, Thank there, you. there goes Ryan Hickey. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll give you some quick thoughts on K State KU ahead of our picks coming up in the second hour. We've got Trey Wingo. Uh, NFL, you know, just guru and savant will join us at the top of the next hour. He's going to do that uh, quite a bit this fall. We're excited about that to bring him in and get his insight on it, too. We'll do all of it. Jam-packed Friday edition of Sports Day coming for you. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. We'll have some giveaways coming up as well, so stay tuned for that. Lots of great stuff to do here today. We'll do it next. Welcome back in, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. A lot of fun stuff coming up for you here this weekend. We've got a big opportunity um, for everybody to get in on a prize. We've been doing this this week. We're going to keep it going today. So uh, basically just a really great family opportunity uh, to get going and do some fun stuff this weekend. It will start, Tommy... And we'll start this giveaway, a four-pack to the Wichita Thunder home opener, which is coming when? We're less than a month away now, October 22nd in Trust Bank Arena. The Thunder take on the Allen Americans. And you've got two tick- uh, two free tea coupons uh, for HTO. Uh, we're going to make that a part of this as well. And a four-pack of tickets to a new movie out um, it's a family-friendly movie about baseball. It's out in theaters, uh, and we'll give you the opportunity to win that as well. So let's give those away right now to our second caller here. We'll start that right now at 869-1240. Four packet tickets to a movie, four packet tickets to a Wichita Thunder home opener, a couple of free iced tea cards from HTO, uh, which unveiled its new flavor, Peach Cobbler, yesterday, by the way. But uh, great opportunity for you to win. Second caller right now, 869-1240. We'll let Jad take care of that. Tommy, uh, big football weekend coming up. Let's start in college here. KU, K-State, uh, we've previewed these games all week long. I'm getting more excited about it. The line for KU now is dropping, and we'll do our picks in a minute. Dropping, which is curious, down to 7.5. The K-State line has remained steady at just under two touchdowns all the way through. Um, I, I think for very different reasons, two massive opportunities coming up for both of those teams this weekend. Yeah, so Kansas has a sellout uh, on tap for tomorrow's game at David Booth Memorial Stadium. Uh, it's the first sellout 
since 2019, that was the Sunflower Showdown. And you have to think a lot of uh, those people in that uh, in those stands in 2019 were wearing purple. Uh, so this will be, uh, you know, a, a non-conference game, obviously, against Duke and probably 99% Kansas fans inside Memorial Stadium. Uh, it, there's a massive opportunity here for the Jayhawks to continue the strong start to the season show the home fans that uh, th that this is for real. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And and um, one thing that I've known uh, that I've been able to tell with Lance Leipold and his staff is they will absolutely have their guys ready tomorrow. So um, I don't think, you know, I was at that game in 2019 when it was KUK State uh, and the place was sold out. And there was a lot of expectations on Kansas, you know, during that time. It was uh, the first year of less miles, and uh, it ended up being a clunker for the Jayhawks. So um, I, I don't think we'll see that again tomorrow. Well, they've, you know, they've got a big opportunity to keep the momentum going. I do think they're better than Duke, but you got to get it done, right? Um, and we'll talk about the number and what we think as far as a pick coming up. K-State, a chance to reset. That's all we can say. Boy, it's been a, it's been a gloomy week in Manhattan uh, but they'll have a chance to reset it. You'll hear the KU game right here on KFH, by the way. Um, and I think I said you'll hear the Chiefs game on KFH. You'll hear the Chiefs game on KNSS, but you'll hear it on our family of networks. For the Chiefs game, Tommy, something else you can do coming up this weekend. We did this last week on Thursday Night Football. It was a lot of fun. I imagine and envision a scenario last night playing itself out potentially while we're on one of these. But Tommy and I will be back inside the BetQL chat room uh, basically being hosts of a big group message thread with everybody just talking about the game. You can talk about the bets you're making and how it's playing out and what you want to do. I think last time, Tommy, we remembered everybody sort of talked each other into like a second half over for fun, and we <laughs> yeah. all hit it. It was fun. Um, yeah. But it's super easy, and, and it isn't. it doesn't cost you anything. You know, BetQL isn't like a – you don't make bets on the site. It's just betting information uh, that, that our Odyssey family – makes available to you through this app. So you can you can download that. And when you do, if you go to the bottom right, there's a little chat feature on your phone. And you just go in and it'll say, you know, Sports Daily, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster hosting a Chiefs watch party, Chiefs Colts. So you can go in there. We'll talk about the game. Get in there and chop it up with us a little bit. Have fun. It's It, it was fun week one, and I'm glad we're getting to do it again. Yeah, you were right. We did talk each other into uh, into bets, and and I think everybody kind of you know chimed in on that. That was I remember a week ago. That was the only bet that I ended up hitting was that that in game yeah, the too. second on half that over. Game, like, yeah, I, for sure. I think I lost everything else. I had a bunch of parlays and um, different things like that. But that was like the only thing I actually won on. So I'm glad that we all talked each other into it. We'll do it again on Sunday. Uh, hopefully we we have a, a lot of people coast to coast joining us. A lot of listeners of the show, uh, people here in Wichita. It's it's a fun way to have a, you know a little bit more interaction during the game. You know, you're sitting on your couch, you're cheering, you're doing all that. Uh, but just to talk to other people about what they're thinking, what they're are doing um you know hey you never know we might talk each other into doing another bet well and it wasn't even yeah the bets are, are it's obviously on betql so everybody there is interested in the wagers but just to talk the game man to talk football i, I equate yep. it to and this is this is what i assumed and it's exactly what it was it was just like the group chat chat you inevitably have with all your buddies when you're talking about the game as it happens the things, you know, our wives roll their eyes at. Like, what do you like, do? You have to yell at the TV. Like, what are you doing? Um, we're, that's basically what we're doing, just with people all over the country. And there'll be a lot of Colts fans in there, uh, which also makes it fun. Talk a little trash if you're so inclined. But you can do that on Sunday 
Um, we'll we'll put our bets in there two hours before kickoff, and then we'll jump in. What is it? We're about a half hour before the game starts, Tommy, when we yeah. jump in. Um, so we'll do all of that. Should be a lot of fun. i got to make sure I get my fantasy lineup set. I uh, have plenty of time this week to, to prepare for that. Uh, but that's that's an opportunity to do it. Uh, congratulations to Terry from Wichita. Terry, again, she gets a, a four-pack of tickets to running the bases. He, sorry, Terry, gets a four-pack of tickets to running the bases. It's a small-town baseball coach getting a major opportunity at a new school. His faith-first coaching approach, though, causes tension with his new boss. So Terry gets a four-pack of tickets to that, gets a four-pack of tickets to the Wichita Thunder home opener, which we're really excited about now, less than a month away officially. And he gets a couple of coupons for some free iced tea from HTO. Open West now, coming soon east. Uh, We're happy to do that here. Tommy and I have uh, a lot of coals in the fire, so happy to be able to uh, have a little fun here on Sports Daily and give some people some prize packs. So congratulations, Terry. Enjoy it uh, whenever you choose to enjoy it. And we will uh, we'll give you another opportunity to do that next week. No problem. All right. We're going to take our break here because coming up in the second hour, Trey Wingo. You know the name. He's been a, a personality, a face of the NFL and the coverage of the NFL for a long, long time. You used to hear him here as the uh, morning host on KFH for a long time. But we're really excited this fall to get him in. Uh, there's a lot of dates lined up. It won't be every week, but it'll be most weeks in the fall during football season. We're just going to pick his brain about some of the things, Chiefs for sure, but just across the NFL. What are we seeing? Trends, teams out there that are underachieving that might surprise us, maybe some teams that are overachieving. We'll go through it all with Trey Wingo. That's coming up next. we got to make some picks. we got to talk some high school football. Jam-packed. Hour number two of Sports Daily coming up. All Brockton Caster. Let's do it when we return. 